another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Archistar is a new entrant in the Australian booming prop tech market. It's a business breaking new ground in a very hot sector, and it's making quite a name for itself for all the right reasons. And I'm very pleased to say that the co-founder of Archistar, Rob Curry, is my guest on the Unicorns podcast today. Rob, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me, Justin. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. What is Archistar and how does it work? Yes, yeah, so Archistar is a software program that's used by property developers, architects, real estate agents, and essentially it helps you identify a block of land that can be suitable for doing a new development on. Okay, and what, where is this product being used at the moment? Yeah, so it's mainly used in the Australian market. We've just started mm-hmm. to get some traction in the US and the UK as well. But yeah, we, we started in Australia and um, have some really good international growth coming up. And and in Australia, is it, say, like nationwide or is it is it more popular, say, on the, the East Coast? Yeah, we've been quite fortunate. Um, we started off right at the start saying we wanted to be a national product from day one. And yep. so we, we really did the effort to make sure that it works across the whole country. Okay. And wh- where did the name come from? I'm fascinated about the name. Yeah, it's really interesting. So the original um, vision for Archistar was for it to be essentially um, a star rating system for buildings. So we would do like a sunlight analysis, a cross ventilation analysis and check if there's enough fresh air that goes through it, you know, making sure the sunlight goes into the right rooms at the right time, etc. Yes. North and, facing. Um, yeah, so, th- so it was like architectural and then star rating. So that's kind of how we got ah. Archistar at the start. Hmm. And, and when, did it, when did it all begin? How did it get off the ground? Yeah, so about 10 years ago, my brother, Dr. Ben, started the business. And it originally started as a consulting and education business. So Ben would go mm-hmm. to the universities and the, you know, the big corporates and he'd show them you know, all the latest ways to code um, in architectural language, essentially. So it's ben, Ben's kind of like a hybrid between a regular architect that just draws you know, one building at a time yeah. versus a computer programmer who can code you know, hundreds or even thousands of buildings. Okay, and, and, and what, what's your professional background? Yeah, so my background, I've got an MBA um, majoring in finance. So it's really a MBA business and sales and marketing background historically. And, and what's, it, what's it like? Tell me, what's it like being in business and, and running a company with, with your brother, a family member? It's super fun. Yeah, I think <laughs> the great thing with us is that we've got different skill sets. So we look after yeah. different parts of the business. So that's, that's been the secret to success. When I've spoken to other people about it before, if like if you're both the salesperson, you know, if you're both the product person, then it can be problematic. But for us, we've got very different skill sets and it works really well. I hope you don't have any heated uh, discussions on business around the, the dinner table at Christmas time. Oh, yeah, why not? You know, what else to talk about at Christmas time? in saying that we do a pretty good job of breaking up business and and personal so it's all good and give us give us a sense of say the the size and and scale of your operation yeah so we've doubled year on year for the last three years in a row and forecast double again this year so essentially now we've got 65 staff in our australian office and about 25 30 
um, in our Philippines operation. So it's a decent sized team, just under 100 in total. And it's it's amazing that just in the space of a few years, we've gone from a handful of people to you know almost 100 now in total. And how is it being funded? Presumably, at some point, you've uh, you've dipped into the the capital markets to to get a bit of a runway to to keep things going. Yeah. So essentially, we had um, Ben funded the business for the first few years, which was great. And then we got to the stage where we said, "Look, we need to grow. We need to build some software." But the challenge with software is you normally have to build it first before you can sell it. You can try pre-selling it, but then at some stage, people want some software for the um, money they spent on it. So we we raised um, a seed round, which was good, and then we kind of raised. We called it a chairman's round. So our chairman at the time. Um, yep. Went around to a lot of his contacts and, and helped us get an additional round of funding. And then we did a Series A. So it's, um, yeah, it was great to have Airtree on board as our first venture capital investor. That was Love about it. a year yeah. ago now. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been amazing. So highly recommend, you know, any founders that are looking for VC to work with Airtree. They do great work. And so can you can you break down for us the the technology and how it physically is being used in the market at the moment. Yeah, so basically our technology does four things. Um, the first thing that people are using for is to actually find development sites. If you're a developer and you want to find a new site to build on, you can use Archistar and you can put in all the kind of criteria that you're looking for, and then we'll come up with a really nice focused shortlist for you. So on average, it takes developers about 60 sites to look at. So you can look at 60 different blocks of land to find one that's feasible to do a development on. Mm-hmm. And then so what the developers tell us is that Archistar triples their productivity. So in the same amount of time, they can um, look at triple the amount of sites, which is great because they're all time poor and no one likes looking at sites for the sake of it. You know, you just want to kind of cut out the bad ones and just focus on the ones that have a chance of being feasible. And what um, through through your platform? What are those developers seeing through through your tech or you know on their on their screen? So it's all web based. It works on a web browser, so you don't need to install any software. Uh, works on Mac, PC, anything that has a web browser, which is really good. And then so it's it's all map based. So essentially, you type in your criteria, then on the map it will give you hotspots of where like okay. the hotspots are in your like if you're looking in Parramatta, you know, if you're looking in Geelong. Where whatever kind of suburb or kind of region you're looking in, it will show you all the hotspots in your region. And then we let them do a feasibility as well. So then we we can do a financial feasibility in real time to show you, you know, your estimated profit and loss uh, from that particular development. And then mm-hmm. it even shows you how much you should pay for that land. Because if you say you want to make a 20% profit margin on every development you do, then we say, well, okay, you could pay then a million dollars for that block of land to make your 20% profit margin. Right. So it's like a sort of a, a one-stop shop for developers to like just get everything done. Yeah. Basically, that one-click feasibility is a big winner because, again, like at this early stage, you're looking at 60 sites. You don't. You only want to spend a couple of minutes per site if you can if you can do that because you don't want to spend five hours on a the site then you find mm. out, oh, gee, it's... It's a heritage zone. You know, you just can't do anything on that side. So we can kind of cut out all the heritage zones immediately. So you don't even bother with it. If you didn't want to do anything on a heritage site, you can kind of cut them out straight away. So you don't even bother wasting time on them. And will it tell you what the various, say, council zoning laws and restrictions are about, say, height size of a residential build? It does. Yeah. So what we've done, and this is kind of our unique proposition, we've gone Mm. through the entire Australian council, uh, like the council, local government and state government databases and put all of that information into a single database that you can access at the click of a button. 
Fantastic. How long did that take you to do? <laughs> it was 150,000 people hours. We had, well, I just finished our R&D return, so I know the exact number. It's, it breaks my heart to think about how much time we've actually spent on doing that. But the great thing is is that um, it's done now. You know, it's a lot of the heavy lifting's done, and it's a lot easier to keep it up to date uh, once you've done it the first time. How did you do that? Did you just have a, like an army of interns or something just, you know, clicking away, uh, inputting yeah. data? We've got about eight in our Sydney office that just do data. Um, mm. So it's a big data team. And then we've also got, you know, like a couple of dozen in the Philippines who do our data entry. So there's mm. there's like computer programming hard stuff that, that the local team do. And then there's simply grunt work. It's like literally just going to all the council websites, finding where the rules are, kind of keying them into a database and making sure that we keep it up to date. And through your tech, does it identify, is it only, say, blocks of land that are vacant and ready to be built on, or does it, does it identify potentially, you know, clumps of houses that are old that could be, you know, as developers do, sort of, you know, get the owners together um, and identify a site and sort of scoop them up that way? Yeah, it does both. So basically, you can search just for empty lots, so it's easier and yep. less, less yep. friction, or you can search for underdeveloped sites. So what that filter does is it looks at the current building heights of all the buildings in your area, and then it looks at the maximum building height that you're allowed to build, and then it show, it highlights the ones where they're underdeveloped. So let's say there's a single-story home, but you could build a three-story apartment building on there. That would come up highlighted in red because it's underdeveloped. Okay. And so if you if you think back to the early days to where you are now in, in 2021, how has, um, obviously, things have changed a lot. How have they changed in, in your business? Yeah, so it was quite funny. In the early days, it was me, Ben, um, Anisi, our sister, and, and one programmer, Cameron. And so basically, we'd go to a, I'd go to a client meeting um, and then kind of come back and say to Cameron and Easy, hey, can we do this? And they're like, yeah, okay, we can do it this afternoon. And then you kind of get it done. Then you go back and tell the client, hey, look, we just did what you asked us to do. And um, obviously, you know, now we've got, a lot more clients than that and, and a lot more programmers and a bit more structure. So it doesn't really work that way anymore. But yeah, it was kind of, it was fun at the start where you could just kind of get things done immediately and um, without having to go through a process of, you know, we've already promised these clients this, so we need to do that first and then we can do this in this order. So, but it, it's um, all the stages of the business have been different and fun in their own ways. Like now it's, it's a lot more about um, leadership now. So making sure that like, it's not me being the only salesperson in the business. Now we've got a, a team of salespeople and um, a team of marketers as well. So it's more about making sure that you've got the right people and the right culture. I know it sounds cliched, but it's so true. Like just one or two wrong people in different teams can really affect the dynamic. So mm. a big part of my role is making sure that we've got the right teams in place, the right people and making sure because we're growing so fast, just keeping an eye out for really good talent on the market. And what about like if you if you identify say a block of land or if you're a property developer, will your tech give them different options about the size and shape of the buildings that are possible to build on that particular block of land? Yeah, definitely. And that's a big part of what developers do at that early stage, they're looking at different scenarios. So for mm. example, let's say you've got you know, 10 homes in a row. So what you could do is you could do a few things with that. You know, you could maybe knock them all down and then do townhouses, you know, that are attached. Um, or alternatively, you might want to do duplexes, you know, or alternatively, you might want to do apartments, or you might even want to do like a little mixed use precinct where there's 
an apartment and maybe like a, a retail down the bottom um, and a bit of open space. So literally within a few seconds, you can run each of those different scenarios in Archistar, work out the profitability and work out what you're allowed to do. Like you might not be allowed to do apartments in that area. It might have to be low rise. So it's um, it's a great way to just test different scenarios so you can confidently say then to your architect or your town planner, hey, look, I've, I've done a bit of early work. I think this is going to work. Can you now do a detailed analysis for me? Right. That's a, is, is there anything, any other product like that on the market? I mean, it's, it sounds um, amazing what, that, you can, that you can literally do that, run those scenarios very, very quickly in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So basically, we do the complete end-to-end gamut of finding, assessing, designing buildings, and then even doing government compliance, which we can talk about in a moment. Um, no, no one's got that full, complete workflow. So there's people that have kind of point solutions um, at different mm-hmm. stages of the yep, process, yep. but no one's ever put together a complete end-to-end workflow like we have, which is, you know, a unique advantage, and we're running really hard with that. I like the fact that you can also determine the potential profitability of the site, or the you know the the yield, depending on what it is that you you build. Yeah, well, I think for developers, you know, it's such an uncertain um, profession that you go into. You know, you've got to buy a piece of land now. Then you've got all this variability that can happen over a two or three or even four year period while you're developing. Like you've got to then forecast, okay, what do people want to buy in this suburb in four years time? How much will they pay for it? <laughs> you know, so yeah. you've got, it's a, it's a big risk. And so a developer needs to make enough profit to be able to compensate for that risk. So you normally look at at least a 20% margin, maybe 25 or 30% if you're lucky, but um, at least 20% a bank would want to see to kind of compensate for that risk that you take because yeah, like you might forecast that at a, a one-bedroom apartment might sell in Parramatta for $700,000 in four years' time, but it might be less, it might be more. You just don't know. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's it's a very risky game, and that's why it's important for them to run a lot of scenarios and just do some testing as well just to understand that, you know, well, okay, if the prices did go down 10%, could I still make money? Is this still work or is this complete? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's true. You mentioned government compliance before. Tell me about that. Yeah, so we're doing some work now um, where we can assess um, where the government... um, So basically what you can do, it normally takes like three months for a development application to kind of come through. Okay. So now what we're doing is essentially we can check in real time. If you upload your plans into Archistar, we can check them against the local government or state government rules to tell you if it's going to be a good chance of getting compliant or not. So instead of taking you know, months and months and months for this to happen, you can get an instant check of not every single feature that the government's looking for, but a lot of them. So it's like a pre-approval mortgage check um, right. if you want to take a look at it that way. So we, we forecast it would save you know, at least six, seven weeks of that whole cycle. So you are, you're literally doing a lot of, uh, of the heavy lifting uh, to make, I suppose, make life easier for, for your customers. Yeah, and it's important to make sure that, um, you know, because I mean, if you think about it, again, there's so much risk. Like a property developer may have brought that site and then they go and submit the plans to, to local government and they say, no, you can't do that. You know, and then you should mm. do money and you're kind of stuck. So being able to test that in real time before you even buy the site to know what you're thinking could or couldn't work um, is huge. It's huge. And I'm, I'm presuming like council, state governments across the country are forever changing planning laws, zoning laws, regulations. I'm presuming that... That's a, that's a bit of a task to stay on top of all of those changes as well. Yeah, th- th- there's a couple of things there. So it does change a lot. Um, and the other thing is, is that 
the government, we, we do a lot of work with government, both local and state, and the government doesn't want to be slow for slow's purpose, you know? So like they, if they can make the whole process faster, it's fantastic because they've got housing targets they need to meet. You know, the population mm. keeps growing. You need more homes for people to live in. So they need to like, you know, within reason, like they want to facilitate development, um, you know, but it has to meet their criteria. So like, for example, if the whole street is single, ho- like single story homes, they don't want, a big apartment block on that, you know, because it just wrecks the whole character yeah. of the street. So yeah. it has to fit in with the neighborhood character. But again, like you see closer to train stations, they're normally happy to do a bit more density. So that's where, where mm. you're getting your high rises and um, a medium density apartments there. So you mentioned you're doing some government work. Um, so who, So who is actually using the product at the moment? Yeah, so we've got... Um, you know, the state governments in New South Wales and Victoria both using it. We've got some local councils that are using it. And um, this year's a really big year for growth um, in terms of that government play for us. So it's exciting to see how that's going to play out over the next 12 months. So let's let's talk about COVID and the pandemic, um, which, you know, we're sort of thinking back 12 months ago is when it all really started to hit. What, um, what impact did that have? Uh, on your business uh, and more broadly the the property sector uh, nationally? Yeah, it was an interesting time for us because, you know, when COVID hit, as you know, like everyone was really uncertain about what this is going to mean for our business and, and for the property market in general. And so what we found, we, we put together, you know, with our board and Airtree, we had seven different COVID scenarios. So, okay, if revenue dropped by 10%, this is what we would do. If it dropped by 20%, this is what we would do. So we had all the way down to COVID. We had COVID-1 to COVID-7. And then <laughs> okay. thankfully, you know. What was COVID-7? I don't want to even think about COVID that. COVID-7 is not very pretty. Yeah. You just <laughs> so, turn, the, turn the lights off and. Yeah, <laughs> shake hands and see you later. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. So um, we were really lucky that we didn't even get to COVID-1. Yeah. yeah okay. We were really, Good. really fortunate. Good. Yeah. So we were really like, like a lot of businesses were laying off staff and. You know, it was a very tough time for everyone, uh, but we were quite fortunate that we didn't lose any team members um, and we kind of kept going. So, yeah, we were, we were very, very lucky that we didn't have to execute any of those COVID plans and we could kind of just keep going. Um, we didn't grow as fast for the first couple of months of COVID, but then from mm. May onwards, we were back to our you know, double uh, year-on-year revenue growth, which is great. And, you, yeah, so you see, you're seeing now that uh, obviously with the vaccine and a little bit more confidence returning to um, world markets. Are, are you seeing that wash through in, um, you know, in, in the business picking up? Yeah, we are. Yeah. So even even at the home builder level, so there's a lot of home builders that use Archistar as a bit of a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they'll upload their home designs into Archistar and then, you know, the salesperson, you know, if you were mum and dad, you want to buy a home and you go and see the salesperson, they'll have Archistar on their laptop and they'll just, show you that it, you know, they can open up your block of land and then show you the designs um, on the block of land. So you can see in real time what it's going to look like on your own block of land, which is fantastic. Huge. Yeah, yeah normally course. they just give you like a glossy brochure. So being able to see that technology in real time is is a big win. And, you know, I'm sure you would have seen there's been a lot of support um, for the home builders from the government. So that sector is really going well for us. And yeah, just use those economic um, indicators. Tell me more about the the innovation and the tech behind um, your your suite of products. Yeah, so essentially, um, we've got a few different unique pieces of tech that work really well. So, um, 
it all kind of starts with the planning rules. So having all those government rules in the database kind of powers everything else that we do. So that's a key, that's a key bit of unique IP that we have that's very defensible. Like it was very, very difficult to put that together. We actually had to rebuild our database four times to be able to handle the complexity of government rules. Like if you look at Australia where we're really over governed, we've got local government might have a couple of different rules that um, contradict each other. So they may have like a standard rule and then they've got like a precinct plan over the top of that rule. And then you've got state government rules on top of that. And then sometimes you've even got some just general building codes that you have to kind of comply by. So basically our database is able to handle that complexity and let you know where those rules conflict with each other. So you can see that, okay, there's actually three different rules that could apply to this site. And then it helps you choose which one might be the most suitable um, to go with. Mm. So that's about, a, that's a key piece of IP that we have. What about are you doing anything in the commercial real estate space? Yeah, we do. So we we can generate office towers. We can generate mixed use. So you can have like you know office or commercial on the ground floor, then apartments above it. Mm. Um, we do precincts. So basically, like if you're looking at to do with like a new Barangaroo or Darling Harbour, um, you can kind of design that all on Archistar, and you can have you know this is going to be some. Um, common space or some park area. This might be a school. This might be some shops. So you can kind of do that whole precinct planning on Archistar as well. I mean, it's a booming sector, isn't it? Property tech or prop tech. What, uh, what's your view on, um, obviously, the, the sector's strength and, and its future? Yeah, look, I think in some areas of prop tech, um, there's pretty low barriers to entry. Like you can just kind of get together with the programmer and, and you can kind of build some basic stuff. Uh, my view is that I think there'll be some consolidation in that really in that really small end. I think it's um, it sounds good to kind of come up with an idea and have a crack at it, but unless you kind of get some scale reasonably quickly, like it's, it's hard to kind of make traction and make a business. So I think that the, the bigger prop techs will start to acquire some of the smaller prop techs. And um, mm. there'll always be new ones coming up and starting up, but the ones that have scale will run a lot faster than the ones that are kind of getting started. And uh, what what are your plans? Without wanting to, you know, sort of, you know, ruin anything, but like, are you are you in acquisition mode? Are you um, looking to to go public? Are you like, what well, <laughs> what's yeah, what's, no, what's the future? Question. Yeah. So. Um, we do get offers all the time, so it's um. But you know, we're a little bit early to go to go public at this stage, or, or to be acquired ourselves. We we still think we've got a lot of growth left in the business, and and kind of happy to be independent for the time being. So, yeah. um, you know, like like any business, at some stage there will be an exit. Um, which you know, because you've got investors and and they need a return on their capital at some stage. But we've got really patient investors, and so they're with us for the long haul to really build a good quality, long term, sustainable business. And we're really focused on just putting our head down and making sure that, you know, we do a really good job. Um, yeah, like I mentioned before, like some of those smaller businesses um, have been approaching us to kind of team up and, and be a part of Archistar. So we're considering a few of them at the moment. But, yeah, mm -hmm. watch this space. Watch this space. I like that. More yeah, to come. Yeah. I'm sure you, um, yourself and the team can help get the word out when they all We will do our thing. Yeah. Um, now, what, what what about overseas trends? What's, what's happening in um, – obviously, you've spoken through what's happening in – Australia. What about if you if you look overseas to North America or or Europe? Have have you got your eye on anything that's that's happening over there that's of interest? Yeah. So really interesting overseas. So obviously in Australia we've had COVID, um, you know, and, and it's been a tough time for people. But 
it's only a fraction of what's happened in those overseas markets. You know, like if you look at the US, they've had a really tough time of it. Um, the UK is in a very heavy lockdown. Like whenever I talk to people in the UK on, on a Zoom call, I'll, I'll say, how's it going? Like, mate, I'm bored. You know, I'm just, mm. I'm really bored. This is so I boring. I want to Yeah. And especially like the UK, like they've got a real kind of pub and, um, you know, kind of really just get together and have a few drinks culture. So then to be kind of stuck at home for months is, is pretty brutal um, for, for that market. And, you know, so, but in saying that, you know, they're, they're all doing business, you know, so mm. you've got the US doing business, you've got the UK doing business. It's different, you know, like it's, it's not as easy as it was before because you've got to do it remotely, but they're still, they're still transacting, they're still doing business, they're still developing properties, people are still buying properties. So it doesn't all, doesn't all stop just because you're working from home. And so how do you, um, bringing all of that together, how do you see the market changing over the next couple of years? Yeah, look, I think tools like Archistar, we can do a lot of things remotely from the desktop, um, make a big difference because, like, again, like if COVID hits Australia and you've got to go into a hard lockdown, well, people just can't kind of go out across town and go look at 20 sites in person. So, yes. you know, using a tool like Archistar to assess them online uh, before you go out and, and do that is going to be very helpful. So we think that, you know, regardless of the economic conditions, we've still got a very good value proposition. And yeah, we're we're quite bullish about our growth for the next few years. Have you have you set any um, any particular goals that you're happy to share with us publicly? Yeah, look, we we've been doubling year on year, so we continue to um, forecast that kind of growth going forward. Um, it gets pretty hard, like as you as you get bigger, to get yeah, doubling course, year on year. <laughs> yeah, so you get you get the law of compound interest kind of coming on. But um, but look, it. it in the, in the next couple of years, we still see um, that we'll definitely be doubling year on year and keeping that growth up. And what's your advice, Rob, to say people that are like, you, you've done it, you've done it very successfully, looking to get a business started and they're, they're not quite sure about the first steps. Um, what, what sort of words of wisdom, if any, can you give them about, um, you know, the, the, some, of the, some of the things they could do to at least uh, give them a bit of a head start or you know, some, yeah. some signs of signs of success. Yeah, well, I think a lot of mistakes people make is they, they kind of jump into it too early as well. So like a lot a lot of businesses, like as long as you're not competing with your existing employer, you can do on the weekends or, or after work um, without kind of impacting your day job. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to get a little bit of traction before you kind of jump into the deep end and, um, and really go head force head first. I know a lot of people, that contradicts a lot of other advice, say like, you know, kind of follow your dreams and make it all happen. But like if you've got a mortgage and kids and, and a family, um, you know, that's, it's a big risk to kind of jump into yes. your own thing. And so, yeah. you know, it, it does make sense from my perspective when I'm looking at it, to, you know, a lot of these things you can, you know, if you just spend an hour or two each night extra or you, you take out down the weekend, spend a bit of time on it, like just to kind of validate that concept and kind of build it out a bit first before you take that big leap of faith um, is, is probably the most sensible thing to do because, yeah, it's a tough journey. It's a great journey and I love it and, and our team loves it and it's really exciting, but it's not easy. So you kind of want to make sure that you've got a valid product idea, you know, kind of before you jump out too quickly into the big bad world. Well, Rob, we, we wish you all the very best for the years ahead. It's been fantastic um, chatting with you today and we will be uh, following your success with great interest. Rob Curry from Archistar, the, the co-founder and general go-getter Thanks so much for joining us on the Unicorns today. Thanks, Justin. 